Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's going to impact every other area of your life. From your finances, to your family, to your job, and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Our mission at the Pure Worship Podcast is to help you discover or rediscover that walking and talking full of purpose connection with God, that you might also empower others in the same way. So be encouraged and join the conversation as we go on the journey together. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I explore the way our upbringing and our natural personality can deceive us, contributing to a gross misunderstanding of some of the essential aspects of God's personality in our podcast entitled Friend and King. You may not realize it, but the way we each characterize God based on how we were raised as well as our own natural disposition has great bearing on the way we worship Him. For better or for worse, most of us typically gravitate toward one extreme or the other. Some of us feel largely uncomfortable when we hear people refer to God as lover or as close friend, as if God is somehow being disrespected. Other folks mourn deeply as others around them seem to see God as some distant, relationally detached uh, big man upstairs. But clearly it is imperative for each one of us to reset our God perception as we attempt to build a full picture understanding of who he is. Otherwise, we will inevitably exclude gigantic portions of his goodness and as a result derail our ability to respond to him properly in worship. A couple things to expect. Josh likens God's personality to something like a prism where we begin to understand him best as a beautiful both and being, depending on which angle we're looking at. And in the process, we grow more comfortable with the mystery of it all. And I challenge us to begin removing the roadblocks to pure worship by opening our hearts to understand aspects of God that we don't naturally comprehend so we can worship him in the incredible fullness of who he is. All right, let's pray and we'll jump in. Lord God, we take a moment to give you all glory and praise and to ask for your Holy Spirit intervention as we seek to know you fully. Awaken our spirits to your spirit. Add the full picture of who you are and reveal the beauty in the mystery. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, let's not waste another second as we dive into this Tuesday's Pure Worship Podcast entitled Friend and King. How's it going, Josh? Hey, Jeff, doing real great. How about oh, yeah. you? <laughs> man, it's so good, so good, so good to see you today. That's right, man. It's been a long time, time man. It's it has been a, been a long time. We're doing good, man. We just had some lunch. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
What's the problem, buddy? I just feel like I'm having a food baby. I'm, I feel like I'm about to give birth to a, a small chicken pot pie. Like one of those frozen ones that you get in the, yeah. the freezer section. Yeah. The ba- but, uh, dude, we had like the best chicken pot pie I've ever uh, had in my life. Yeah, seriously. That's not even a joke. Dude. It was so good. <laughs> it's like, dude, we should get sponsored once again from Costco. <laughs> Maybe they'll sponsor our lunches. This episode of Pure Worship Podcast is brought to you by Costco Pot Pie. Costco, Costco, Costco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like people only do things because they get paid. Mm. And that's just really sad. It is. That's from Wayne's World. Yeah. Right? I, okay, right. I, I, I sensed that. Okay, I, anyway. I felt that. <laughs> so, dropping product placement in the... Uh, <laughs> In the podcast. Definitely. Dude, I'm excited about this this episode. Really, some cool stuff happening. Uh, anyway, why don't you just kind of set it up? Yeah, what we're absolutely. Gonna be doing. Yeah, so, I mean, we're just calling this, we're calling this podcast Friend and King mm. because what we want to help people understand is it's important for us to know who it is that we're worshiping. If we choose one or the other, then our response is not going to work. We've got to know all of who he is. Is he friend or is he king? Uh, that sounds like a paradox. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. Yeah, I've kind of gone around with lots of different names of this. I uh, wrote a blog on this. I teach this in our worship leading classes at North Central University <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. Name drop. <laughs> if you have a child that's getting ready to go to college, oh you gosh. should send them to North Central University. That's northcentral.edu. Anyways, um, but I teach this stuff in, in our classes too because I found it so important. At, let's, let's just back up here and talk about it from a worship leader's perspective. Now, this podcast is not for worship leaders, but this truth benefits all people, but it certainly benefits a worship leader because if you don't really know the fullness of who God is, kind of what we like to call it as the both and yeah. of who God is, then you can misrepresent him. Yeah. So if I'm a worship leader and I'm standing up before people and I'm only representing half of who God is, the part that I identify with, maybe the way that I was raised or my personality, the, way, the part my personality jives with, you know, yeah. with God. Oh, I really like this aspect of God. I like these characteristics. You know, we find ourselves like cherry picking parts of God that we like and kind of spitting out the the parts that we don't like. Right. Right. So as a worship leader, if I'm representing only half of who God is, then obviously I'm misrepresenting. So I teach this to our worship leaders. So first of all, they can get it in their own lives, Mm -hmm. but then they can also impart it to the body of Christ. Because I think this is something that happens to not just leaders, not just worship leaders, but it happens to all of us. Everybody in the church, everybody who calls himself a follower of Christ, I think we we do what, exactly what you just said. We end up cherry picking the things that we like or the certain attributes or qualities of God that we, we love. And then we just kind of end up spitting out the rest. So we're kind of talking about this idea of like he is a holy king. Yes. Uh, uh, but and he but he's kind. Yes. He's a king and he's kind. Yeah. He's a he's a holy, righteous, awesome, sovereign king, but he's also a friend. Yeah. Well, and one of the ways that I'll start the conversation out is just by asking this question. And it's, obviously, it's a rhetorical question because those listening can't really respond. But you could respond. <laughs> like if you're in your car, what? you could talk. You could respond. Like, so if I asked you a question, <clears throat> if I said to you, "Who is God to you? Is he king or is he friend?" Right. So go ahead and say it like out loud. <laughs> I'm waiting. We'll I wait. Can't hear you. We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> okay. All right. It's all right. So, but let's just ask it this way: Who is he naturally to you? Like, who do you imagine him at? You think back to your childhood. How did you see him growing up? Most people are on one spectrum or the other. Most people grew up either seeing God as king, yeah, reverent, powerful, maybe far away, maybe. 
uh, we couldn't gain access to them, you know, because real kings are hard to get to because, you know, they've got guards yeah. and they're, they, you know, you, you, if you're the common people, you can't get to the king. He's far away. No he's access. high yep. and lifted up. You know, he's, he, he could be cruel. He could be mean. He could punish us. He could, you know, that's how some people grew up thinking of God. Yeah. And we're not even saying that that's wrong, but it's only half of the picture. Totally. Other people grew up in this revelation of intimacy and friendship. Oh my goodness. He's Abba father. Yeah. He's daddy. I've heard people, you know, I'll be in a circle of praying and maybe I'll visit, I'm visiting a church somewhere and we're circled up with the worship team and several people will pray out. And one of the girls will just pray out, Oh daddy, I just want to come before you. And the first time I heard that in a prayer, I was like, Oh, that's so weird to call him daddy. But makes me feel a little <laughs> uncomfy, Jeff, because you know why? Because well, I wasn't raised that way. <laughs> right. Right. Because I was raised, and again, not in a bad sense, but only a part of the picture. I was raised more with that kind of king mentality. That God yes. is far away. He's yeah. king. He's meant to be revered. And all that's good. But then when somebody came in and they said, Daddy, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I felt like they were being irreverent. I felt like they were disrespecting my king. Yeah. But then you read the Bible and the Bible reveals all these elements, right? Yep. Because the Bible does declare that God is Abba Father, which in Aramaic means daddy. Right. Right? Man, and it seems so paradoxical. And it is. And I think that's what's so amazing about God is... Man, he is, he's like a prism where Mm. you you see this manifestation or reflection of who God is, but then you turn it this way and it's this. And, and I think especially coming from a a Greco-Roman way Mm -hmm. of thinking, we can't handle paradox, Jeff. We we don't think like Hebrews. We we think like Greek thinkers. Yeah. Black and white. It has to be this or this. And the the Hebrew way of thinking was really, it's actually both this and this and be okay with the mystery. It might not make all sense in your brain. Is God a God of wrath or a God of love? Yes. 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 Is he king or is he friend? The answer is yes. Is he a judge or is he merciful? And yes, you know, exactly. So man, this is great. It's so important too because you might think to yourself okay i got it boom done well no the reason we're bringing this to you you know as a part of this whole pure worship podcast again out of this book awakening pure worship if you have a desire like us like josh and i have we want to see an awakening in pure worship in our lives yeah and so we're like well how does that happen well, what are the roadblocks? Okay, wait a minute. There's a roadblock here that I see. And the roadblock that's keeping me from becoming an awakened pure worshiper is if I don't have a full revelation of who God is. If I've limited him to the way that I was brought up or to my personality, you know, I'm more of a serious person. So therefore I see God as serious. Right. Somebody else is more of a happy, fun loving, you know, sanguine type person. And so they see God that way. Yep. And again, that's great, but we have to see him in the full picture. Why? Because if we don't know who he really is, we don't have the full revelation of who he is, then we won't worship him in the fullness of who he is. Yes. Right. So we want to do that. So if we want to remove this roadblock, that means we have to open up our hearts to understand aspects of God that we don't naturally understand. And that's going to offend us. That's going to potentially bend us in a direction that we might not want to go. Right. And so my prayer today is that God 
simply, you would help us see you rightly. Yes. God, help us see you as help you really us, are. Lord. Help us see you as you truly are, as the full spectrum. And and Lord, I also pray this. Lord, help us be cool with the mystery. Yep. And help us not try to left brain ourselves into this. But Lord, I pray that, that you would speak to our spirits today. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Here's the thing, right? When we disregard, this is a quote from the book, when we disregard some of who God is, we are only a few steps away from disregarding all of who he is. Yeah. See, it's so dangerous because truthfully, if you ever have heard somebody, they get frustrated with something that they might hear Christians talking about, or they might have read something in the Bible that kind of goes against what they think. And you might hear them say something like, well, my God would never, and then they fill in the blank. You know that you should be waving a red flag at that point. Yeah. Because as soon as you say something or I say something like, my God would never, that then goes against what the Bible reveals about who God is, you just created your own God. Absolutely. And you're, which means it's not like you get to choose to worship only half of God. You either get all of him or none of him. This is not one of those both ands, right? Right. The whole kingdom is both and in so many aspects. But if you choose to take out some of who God is, you are actually removing all of who God is from your life. Absolutely. So we want to avoid that at yes. all costs, right? Because it's going to help us. And again, in the book, oh, we, we have four Come different on. aspects from the book. We have the what is worship. We have the why. Why? What's the big deal? Why even worship? You know, we've covered this in these podcasts. And then we've moved into the who. And this is the last aspect of the who, is if we don't know who we're worshiping, we might as well just forget it all. Yeah. Because all the other, the, the what and the why and the how means nothing if we don't know the who. Yes. So that's what we're trying to do is know the who. So look, let's look at some scripture here too. Yeah, cool. uh, another, another passage, uh, Romans chapter one, pretty intense passage. Yeah. All right. Now, oftentimes we use this passage to, to talk about some of the things that happen toward the end of the passage where people are doing uh, bad and evil things, yeah. right? Whether it be homosexuality or greed, murder, pride, gossip, yeah. just other things. And so we think of this scripture as maybe the, the homosexuality passage or it's yeah. the passage where the people were doing really bad things. But you got to wonder, how did all that happen? Right. How did all that happen? So we go to that passage. Let me, let me highlight a couple things here, okay? So from like Romans chapter one, uh, starting at verse 18. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Yeah. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Wow. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. Like already it starts with our unwillingness to accept the truth that yeah. God's given us. So verse 19 says they know the truth about God. So it wasn't that they didn't know, but they actually do know. So it says here, verse 19, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Come on. Verse 20, for ever since, how did he make it obvious? For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Again, another paradox. Yeah. How can you clearly see the invisible? That's so I love funny. it. Oh, I love, this is one of the things I do truly love about this thing called Christianity. Yeah. Because these paradoxes are really intense and they actually do something to your soul. And I think God 
it, it stirs us. How can you see something that's invisible? He's saying that by our spiritual eyes, we can see what's invisible. So he says, through everything God made, they can clearly see. Can they clearly see, Josh? Yes, they can, yes. Jeff. Can they partially see? No, they can clearly no. see. Oh, they can clearly see. Okay, clear as crystal. Right? <laughs> and we call this, gen- this is general revelation. Yes. That's what they call yes. it is yes. through nature and all the creative things. Absolutely. People have a clue. They can clearly see that God is yes. legit. All right. Yes. And he's put it in our hearts. So his eternal power and divine nature, mm-hmm. right? They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Ooh. Okay, that's a big one. Okay. All right. But, and that's the point. We're trying to know God. Yeah. Right? We're trying to know God. So if there's this roadblock of me only knowing part of who he is, I want to remove that roadblock. There you go. Verse 21. Yes, they knew God. Oh, wow. So they actually did have access to knowing him. But they wouldn't worship him as God. Wow. wow. It wasn't that even that they didn't have the revelation of God. It's that they decided not to receive the revelation. It's a choice. It'd be one thing, right? If they didn't have the revelation, then God, God got mad at them for not worshiping him as he is. Well, you're like, God, but, 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 but you didn't even tell us who you were. Yeah. But he's saying, no, I actually did tell you. And you chose to turn your back yep. on me and not accept me for who I am. Uh, So verse 21, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began, and this is the key right here. And this is actually the the quote that I put in chapter 15, the top of chapter 15. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Oh, man. Now, see, this is what we don't want to do. This is the roadblock. We don't want to say things like, and my God wouldn't. He would, you know, if it's something that's in the Bible, because then that's us making up what we think God is like, rather than just receiving the revelation of his word Absolutely. of who he yeah, is, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So they began to imagine, well, I don't like God the way he's revealed himself. So therefore I'm going to make my own God. I like him with this part and this part and this part. And there we have the God that I would like to have, which Ooh. in essence is an idol, right? Cherry picking. Mm-hmm. As a result, and see, this is where the slippery slope begins, because because they pushed away God, even though he revealed himself in full, because they pushed him away, then it says this, as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Wow. And instead, and this is where, this is where the foolish part comes in, right? I mean, we, we accept so many things, Josh, we accept so many things as normal yeah. that are actually insanity. It's yeah. actually, it's, it's insane. Like we accept this as normal. Instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, mm. they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Wow. Now how insane do we have to be to worship a bird rather than the bird's creator? I mean, that seriously is insane. Like, which is greater, the bird or the one who made the bird? Right. Or worship someone who's gifted, say. We talked about this in the American Idolatry podcast, right? So how crazy do we have to be to worship the creation instead of the creator? Lord, help us. Help us stop making up foolish ideas of who you are. 
help us to search you out like hidden treasure. Guys, this podcast is critical to awakening pure worship. So many of us want to throw out the idea of God being a king or a father or a lover or a Lord because we've seen corrupt examples of these types of people in our lives. But we must wake up and realize this is one of the enemy's greatest tactics. He wants to get you to throw out the idea of God as king as a result of you having never seen a good example of a king on earth. So listen, Christmas is upon us, and we want to make my new book, Awakening Pure Worship, available to you and a friend for half price. Yep, for all of December, you can get two copies for the price of one. Simply email us at jeff at jeffdo.com for the info, or send $15 or $30 or $45 to Worship City Ministries through PayPal by using the email jeff at jeffdo.com. Make sure you include your address and we'll know you would like to take advantage of this generous Christmas special. And yes, shipping is free. Okay, as we get back to the conversation, I talk about some characteristics of Jesus we'll never find in today's popular leadership books or podcasts. And Josh reminds us that we often subconsciously avoid certain aspects of our Savior's divine nature, especially when he is acting very, let's say, un-Jesus-y. So tune out the distractions and set your heart right as we courageously venture onward into the Pure Worship Podcast. Now, when I when I hear that, man, I, I'm like, okay, that's those idol worshipers mm-hmm. from back mm-hmm. in the day, in the days of Noah, and they exchanged the glory of God for a lie. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's them. But, yep. dude. That's us. What about me? Like, I... I, I I exalt people and I exalt ministry and I exalt leadership and I exalt the stuff. And man, sometimes guys, I'll be honest, I'd rather be more stoked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit than the giver of the Holy Spirit or the the Holy Spirit himself. himself. And uh, so it's really interesting. So don't think of this as some generation long ago, way off. Like this is us, man. We battle. I battle this every day. Yep. So it continues in the scripture, verse 24, it says, so, and these are scary words. So God abandoned them to do, now let's just stop right there. Now, the way that we read that, we kind of think of, oh, that's kind of mean of God to do. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe he abandoned, the the Bible, I can just hear somebody saying this, the Bible says he would never leave us or forsake us, but right there, it says he abandoned us. But you have to go back to why did he abandon us? What's happening right there, guys, is we said no thanks. And since he is a gentleman, he does push, and thankfully he pushes. He tries to get our attention, tries to get our attention, makes the sun, makes the moon, makes the skies, makes the birds, makes the animals to show his glory, reveals himself through his word, through his son, Jesus Christ, through just his glory, everything about it. And yet we push him away. So at some point, Josh, he basically says, okay, I'm going to let you have what you say that you want, which is a world without me. Good luck with that. See how it goes. And so he just lifts his hands And he says, I'm going to let you have what you say that you want. And man, that's a scary place to be. It's tough. I mean, we should all be, this is the trembling part of worship, right? This is the trembling part where we go, oh my goodness. So you go through that and he abandons them. It says he abandons them to do whatever they're shameful, 
whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. See, it's not just that God, it's not our tendency is to think, well, the poor guy, he was so jealous. He got so angry at us because he was jealous. No, he got angry because we were so insane. Like, like, like the things that we were worshiping are things. Yeah. He is God Almighty. Yeah. Like it's insanity that we would choose his to worship his creation oh. over the one who created. Yeah. God help us. So he, he summarize that passage. You know, they knew God, but they refused to worship him or give him thanks. They made up their own ideas of what God was like, which is what we're saying. We are doing this, guys. You may not even realize you're doing this. And that's why Josh and I are having this podcast. You may not realize that you have cherry-picked aspects of God that you like. Yeah. You may not even mean to do it. It's just something that you've grown up with or Come it on. has to do with your personality or something. So we're waving that red flag. So instead of worshiping God, then they worshiped man-made idols and God-made animals. So man made idols and God made animals that they worshiped, which is, again, doesn't make any sense when you have the creator of the universe who deserves all worship and glory. And so as a result, their minds became darkened and confused. They began doing crazy things that you would never do. Yeah. And God abandoned them to continue in those ways. Yep. Which is not where we want to be. Gave them what they wanted. Yes. Oh, Lord. It's not even what he wanted. You know, you think, oh, I can't believe God did this to us. You know, I hear people say that about school shootings. Yeah. They'll say, oh my I cannot gosh. believe that God would allow this evil to happen in our Come schools. On, Josh, you've, we've all it's seen the t-shirt, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the answer to that, uh, we kicked God out of schools back in the 60s. Yeah. We said no more prayer in schools. Goodbye, God. We got rid of the Ten Commandments out of our schools. Oh, but that's bringing the religious and political environment together. No. Yeah. No. That's us doing exactly what they did in Romans 1. Trading the truth of God and exchanging it for a lie. Yes. And yet we expect God to come in and save us in our schools yeah. when we told him to get the heck out. Yeah. Yep. If I could say that. That was the nicest thing you've said all day, Jeff. That was. That was very nice. That was very politically correct. Could it be that our propensity to settle for one extreme over the other keeps us from knowing the one and only true God? Mm. The one who is friend, king, daddy, and father. He's lover and Lord. Lord. Yeah. All of the above. Just let that hang, man. I mean, yeah, it's paradox. So ask yourself, like, what areas are you, do you embrace with Jesus? And what areas do you not? Yeah. So whatever areas, uh, do you see God as lover Hmm. and you see intimacy with him, but you lack the ability to see him as king and be reverent in his presence? You need to cultivate that aspect. And how do you do that? You ask God. You say, God, I need to cultivate an attitude of humility in your presence. I want to cultivate the trembling in your presence. For those of you who are more tremblers and not rejoicers, you need to ask, say, Lord, put the joy of my salvation in my heart. Let me rejoice in your presence. Teach me how to dance, how to shout, to lift my voice. Yeah, both and. I know there's, I just, 
thinking of people that I know thinking uh, right off the bat here. I know a lot of people that totally get it as Lord. Like they are just, they are yep. submitted to him, but they really struggle with this whole lover thing. That that word lover makes people Ew, really uncomfortable. That made me real uncomfortable growing up. I'll tell you what. But then in a lot of circles that I grew up in, I also knew that it was really tough to have him called Lord yeah. because, oh, he's not like that. He's not a tyrannical king. Well, it doesn't mean he's a tyrant, yeah, but no. he is the king and the yeah. king. He's redefining what it means to be a king. Yeah. Just because we've had so many bad examples of what yeah. a king looks like. We, we, we do our classic thing. We say, oh, well, God can't be a king because I know what a king is like. Yeah. A king is evil. He's a tyrant. He's corrupt. Yeah. No, God is redefining what yeah. it means to be a king. Yes. The devil's come along and distorted all that stuff. So we buy into it and we throw out the idea of God being king when he is the perfect king. Yes. He is a wonderful king. He is a, a, a king who takes care of his people, who loves his people, who, who comes underneath them, not lords over them. Yeah. Even though he is Lord, he's not lording over us. He's coming to preserve us, to help us, to guide us like a shepherd. And yet we continually bring our paradigms of what we think God is like, what you're talking about, yeah. based on our background, our history, all this different kind of stuff. Yep. And really the point today, you guys, is just to say, Lord, I submit all this to you. Yes. And I say, Lord, help me view you in a right way. Lord, yeah. help me see you as Lord. Help me see you as my intimate lover. Ha. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> man, I just, guys, I just Pray had, those words, I, man. I just had a restoration of that in my life just recently. And yep. like, he's just, he's so much more than we think. And, yeah. and uh, we get so caught up in our, our own vocabulary and our wording for things, but guys, God wants to be all of yeah. that to you. So like one other aspect of this, I want you to think about that helps us understand who God is. Is a lot of times we think of Jesus as new Testament and God is old Testament, yeah. right? Oh, I like <laughs> Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus is lovey dovey. Love he's him. so kind. Yes. He's so friendly, but God boy, he's wrath. <laughs> he's full of wrath. You know what I'm saying? Good thing. Jesus came along to just to like, to make it so that God would just shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, because it's like God's up in heaven. God's up in heaven going, ah, just go down there, Jesus, and take care of those people before I destroy them. You know what I'm saying? Oh man. See, we missed something there. I may have to edit all that out. <laughs> no, it's good. It's, no, good. it's right on, man. Dude, like we missed something here. We think that God is is the mean guy in the Old Testament and Jesus is the nice guy in the New Testament. You know, the grace guy. Yeah. So Josh, I had to do it. I had to do an exercise. And the point of this real quick, the point of what I'm about to do here is not to give a a bad impression of who Jesus is. Yeah. Okay? Or to try to flip it so that people think of it the other way around. Yeah. But if you study the Old Testament, you will find many scriptures where God is merciful. Yeah. Many scriptures. It talks about salvation in the Old Testament, talks about forgiveness in the Old Testament. He says he's quick, he's slow to anger. This is Old Testament. Yeah. Slow to anger, full of unfailing yeah. love. This is who God really is. But see, you don't have the full revelation of him if you think of God as a God of wrath. Now, he is a God of wrath, but he's also a God of mercy. Yeah. And it's not just Jesus who's the merciful one. So what I realized is that Jesus also is angry and he's politically incorrect quite often. Yeah. But somehow we kind of skip over those scriptures so that we can maintain our goody-goody feeling of Jesus in the New Testament. So I had to highlight a couple things. Yeah. If I a could. Cu a couple? A couple. We're not going to go through all of them, but I am going to do like well, three or four, maybe five. I'll tell you what, guys, <laughs> when Jeff was showing me 
how he did this, he highlighted in blue in the oh. book, just just the book of Matthew, yeah. all of the politically incorrect things that Jesus had said. And honestly, the response is mind blowing. And so, man, yeah. go for it. Yeah. I, I, I love this. this and again, what I'm doing here is I'm pulling... I'm doing the opposite of what maybe some of us are doing. We've pulled out all the good things yeah. and we've just held on to those things that we like. Yeah. Now I'm going to pull out all the things that I don't like about what Jesus did. And so you can't just hold on to those by themselves either because he's a both and Jesus here. But it, let's say it this way. If you took all these things I'm about to show you and put them into a leadership 101 book, nobody would buy it. <laughs> And I tell you what, I guarantee right, you, the, the gurus of leadership, and there are many out there with all their books yeah. and wonderful leadership tips, they would never, oh. ever, 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 yeah. ever put anything about this in their book. Yet Jesus is the best leader that has ever lived. Yeah. So here's a couple of them. Matthew 8, 22, where Jesus rebukes a prospective disciple by refusing... And this is, a this is a guy who wants to be a disciple, yeah. right? Jesus rebukes him by refusing to allow him to attend the burial of his own father <laughs> in favor of following him immediately. Let the I dead mean, bury the dead, man. Imagine! Wow. I mean, that's the one thing that we do at North Central. We have summer teams that tour, yeah. right? And we say, guys, your schedule's ours. Like, you can't... You just say, hey, I'm going to take off or we get, no, you give us eight weeks of your summer. But my goodness, if somebody's sister died, dude, take off all the time you need, right? Yeah. This is what we, I mean, that's normal stuff. But Jesus, and again, Jesus is making a bigger point here. Yeah. But you understand it's politically incorrect for him to say that. Wow. He's saying, look, in perspective, you need to love me more. Right. So yeah. then uh, Matthew 8, 26, where Jesus scolds his closest disciples for being fearful in a life-threatening storm. I mean, literally, they're about to die. The lightning, the thunder, the waves are crashing. He's like, what's wrong with you guys? He's like, uh, we're scared. Why are you afraid? <laughs> Obviously, he's trying to make a point here, yeah. but he's kind of mean to them in a sense, the way we might think about yeah. it. Matthew 9, 13, where Jesus offends the religious leaders publicly belittling their knowledge of the Bible. Wow. Like, you're not even supposed to do that to your enemies, right? You're not supposed to make them look like fools in front of everybody. You right. would get rebuked uh, by someone older than you for oh doing my that. Gosh. <clears throat> but Jesus does it anyways. Uh, Matthew 10, 13, where Jesus encourages his followers to take back the blessing of anyone whose home is unworthy wow. as they go from house to house sharing the gospel. That sounds very un-Jesus. Oh, that is, sounds very un-Jesus-like. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus being un-Jesus-like. <laughs> That's what we're saying but here, this right? is right out of scripture. Here <laughs> it is. Right. right. And then uh, how about this one? Matthew 10, 34, where Jesus reminds the crowds that he didn't come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. Yeah. Whoa, we like to just skip over that one. Uh, verse eleven sixteen, where Jesus publicly describes this generation as a group of whining and complaining children. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty, where Jesus denounces the cities where he did most of his miracles because they still refused to turn from their sins to God. Oh my goodness. Like, Come on. Like, he did all these miracles and then because they still didn't turn, he's like, guys, you guys are in more danger than Sodom and Gomorrah of judgment. That sounds politically incorrect. He should be merciful, right? Right. Matthew 15, 26. Oh, this is a doozy. Oh, I like this one. Oh, yeah. You read it. <laughs> Where Jesus calls the Gentile woman a dog right to her face and initially refuses to heal her daughter. Right. And we <laughs> like, know that what? story, Jeez. but we just kind of omit that one right. in our brain. We're like, well, that one doesn't make sense to me, so I'll just skip over it. Even a dog has the scraps from the table. Right? Oh, now, well, and there's stuff that can be taught through all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... 
Uh, what's the next one? Uh, yeah, Matthew 16, 23, where Jesus turns to his friend Peter shouting, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. Like, what is, this is like this is David buddy. Letterman top 10 things Jesus shouldn't have said. Right. It's crazy. Right. right? Can you imagine if all of a sudden you turned to me and said, Jeff, my friend, get behind me, devil. Right. <laughs> like, I'd be really offended. I like, know. Come on, man. I don't think, I don't nice. think we'd be friends anymore. No, I don't think so either. I'd be doing this podcast. Pod- podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I've been doing this podcast solo, brother. Yeah, that's no. right, man. And here's the last one that you got in the book here. Matthew 17, 17. Yeah, this is a good one, too. Where Jesus severely reprimands his own disciples, oh. you faithless... Okay, this it's is his quote, his, right? It's his own disciples. Yeah. You faithless... This is his team. Right? This is his team, right? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to do this... Use this on your team for a revive. Perfect. Okay, I'm, 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 I got like, it. I got yeah. it. I'm going to say this to my wife when I get home. <laughs> yeah. You faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Oh, Jeez Louise. Lord. Do I have to even stay in this house? You know? oh. Now, again, guys, you got to be careful with this information, okay? Because yeah. if you just take this snippet you're gonna have a wrong understanding of who Jesus is. And I think yep. we can talk through each one of those, which we won't do right now, of course. Yep. But you have to understand that Jesus is a both and. He is, I mean, the Bible says in Romans eleven twenty two, it tells us that God is both kind and, and severe. severe. Wow. Okay, so this is who God is. So you have a choice. You can either worship him for who he is, yep. or you can make up what you think he is and worship an idol that you've made which is huge in 2018, man. I see all sorts of people making up their own thoughts of who God is yep. and with progressive theology and the different Absolutely. doctrines. I'm not trying to witch hunt for people, but I'm just like, this is a real present thing yes. in our face today that it's almost like, man, a lot of people are exchanging the truth and the glory of God for lies. Yes. So what if... We worship God only as consuming fire. Yeah. Or as the faraway God so many imagine. Won't we be more prone to miss out on the intimate love and friendship he longs to impart to us as daddy? Hmm. Or what if we worship God only as intimate lover? Or simply as buddy or pal? Don't we risk overlooking his absolute authority and then potentially disregard him as sovereign Lord? The beauty of God's nature is that he is not simply one thing or the other. God is every good thing. He is groom. He is coach. He is judge. He is friend. He is teacher. He is ruler. Hmm. He is brother, counselor, and general. He is to be feared and to be loved, to be embraced intimately and to be reverenced absolutely. Yep. He is God. And when we come to him as he is, and this is our challenge to you, we're saying we want to come to God as he is in worship, in our life. When we come to him as he is in the fullness of all biblical revelation, we will find ourselves communing with a God who is like no other and who loves and cares for us like no other. This is really good. It's stirring and, uh, I just want to pray. Is that okay? I want yes. to pray for, for people listening and even for us, Lord. I pray that you would help us begin to see you rightly, Lord. God, yes. help us to see you as our intimate lover, our closest friend, uh, our dearest uh, love in our life. But Lord, yes. I pray that you would also instill in us 
a fear, a holy fear, not the right kind of fear, a reverence and awe, Lord, that we would truly love you with a friendship and the fear that, that you have in relationship with us. And so God, we just release that to the body of Christ right now. And God, even in our own hearts, may we see you rightly in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So guys, let's dive in. Let's ask God to help us to know him as he is, and we will respond to him in the fullness of who he is, and we will worship him rightly. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for engaging with us in this week's Pure Worship podcast entitled Friend and King. We want to challenge you to search out some aspects of God's nature that might go against your natural understanding of who he is. If we want to remove all the roadblocks that are keeping us from becoming the awakened, pure worshipers God has designed us to be, we'll need to spur each other on to truly know the God of the Bible, even as we ask for Holy Spirit discernment. Hey, and don't forget to take advantage of our special Christmas offer, right? The two-for-one sale on my book. You can reach out to us through jeff at jeffdo.com. Okay, on our next podcast, Josh and I challenge each of us to re-examine our own expressions of worship from a biblical standpoint in a compelling podcast entitled Rejoicing and Trembling. So go ahead and pull up a few of our past podcasts, and then we'll see you soon for another engaging episode of the Pure Worship Podcast.